Hello and welcome to Choosing Happily Ever After. This is a podcast that is full of values and practical tools that help our days to be filled with joy and peace and confidence and truly help us to create our own happily ever after. Last podcast, I hope you were able to join us. We talked about grace and learning how to access grace as we go throughout our days. I believe this is probably the most important, or at least one of the most important keys to feeling good about our days and how we spend our time. However, there are some other practical tools that will help us to feel good about the way that we spend our time. So today is going to be all about time management. I don't know what season you're in, but I recently read an article that was about this very successful woman. She's a mom and she is a business owner. In fact, she's owned several different businesses that have been highly, highly successful. And one of the things that she attributed to her success was time management. And when I was reading about how she spent her time, I believe her. (laughs) You know, I enjoy reading leadership and entrepreneurial books as well as biographies and time management is a frequent topic in those types of things. You know, highly successful people tend to be very deliberate about how they spend their time. Now, sometimes when I read these things, this is inspiring to me because it reminds me of how precious time is and how much potential there is in choosing, you know, what we do with our time. And so sometimes when I read articles or books that talk about this, it causes me to reevaluate and kind of tweak how I'm spending my time. However, (laughs) there are other times when it really discourages me. You know, part of that is because some of these people I don't think are fully human. (laughs) You know, they'll talk about how they only need four hours of sleep, and I think that can't be true. (laughs) But they will, will have the ability to manage their time in a way that I don't. You know, I do need more than four hours of sleep for my sake and the sake of my family and everybody that I interact with. Also, you know, I don't have the means financially to, you know, have a housekeeper or things like that, that sometimes um, make it seem like I'm not as in control of my time as some of the people that I read about are. But beyond all of that, you know, there are seasons in life when your time is largely out of your control. For example, when you're adding a new child to the family, you know, it throws everything off. It's a wonderful, amazing time, but it's also usually a time of sleep deprivation and trying to adjust and the whole family is adjusting. And so if you're trying on top of that to maintain a tight schedule or doing, trying to accomplish certain things with your time, it can be really discouraging. And There is nothing worse than discouragement when it comes to making positive changes. Because when you are discouraged, things feel impossible, and so why even bother to try? And when you don't bother to try, very quickly your life will spiral out of control, or at least feel like it has. 
So the good news is that I've discovered some practical tools. I don't, I say I've discovered them. I'm sure there are other smarter people out there that discovered them long before me. Um, but there are some tools that I use that seem to fit into every season that help me to feel good about my days. And I think that they'll help you too. So without further ado, here they are. The first rule is called the rule of three. Now, I don't know what it is exactly or why, but three has become a magical number for me. Something about it just seems to be wired to work. So in terms of time management, there are, guess how many rules of three? Three. <laughs> so there are three rules when it comes to using your time well. The first one is goals. Keep the number three in mind when you're thinking about goals. And I want to encourage you to begin a practice of setting three hard goals and three soft goals for yourself each day. So the three hard goals are those most important tasks that must get done. They are the ones that you are not going to go to bed until those tasks are completed barring an emergency. So for example, today my tasks were taking a morning walk with my girls and dogs. I had a couple of work meetings. Um, and then my third one was a work task that I needed to have completed. So yes, by the way, I did have more than one meeting as the same goal, so it's okay to do that. But those weren't the only things that I did today, but they were the three that I had to do before I was done with my day, that I had to make my priority. Notice also that they weren't most urgent tasks, but they were the most important. Even the walk with my girls and dogs, which we're going to discuss a little bit more later. All right, so three hard goals, the things that you have to accomplish. And then also have three soft goals. These are the things that you hope to get done, but you're not going to stay up or worry about if it doesn't happen. So for example, my goals today, my soft goals were cleaning my bathroom, which by the way, doesn't look like it's going to be done, um, responding to a specific email, and then a different work task. Okay, so three hard goals, three soft goals. Three is a pretty easy number to keep in mind, and so it will just help you to to guide you in terms of what you have to get done with your day. Now, I'm going to be honest and tell you that I do always have a to-do list going. Sometimes it's written, sometimes it's mental. Normally, it's a little bit of both. Um, and there is a lot more than those items on it. But those are the items that I consider the things that are my actual to-do list for the day. And then... I stop, or I at least have the ability to stop. If I have an amazing day and I get done somehow with all of those goals, you know, and I have a lot of the day ahead of me, then it's easy to pick up other tasks. But when I have those three hard goals completed, it makes me feel like I can stop my day at the proper time and just, for example, enjoy my day with my family or my night with my family. I'm not going to interrupt the evening routine to try to get something done because those were the three things that I had to accomplish and I accomplished them. With this in mind, the second rule of three is morning, noon, and night. Arrange your time and do check-ins morning, noon, and night. So in the morning, before you get going or as you are getting going with your day, pause for at least a moment and gather yourself and take stock of your day. Remind yourself of what you have in front of you. Remind yourself also of the important things, you know, not just the things that are 
the to-do lists, but the way you want to behave during the day, the people that you need to connect with, and so on. Then do the same thing mid-afternoon, and then either late afternoon or early evening. Why is this helpful? Just pausing and kind of, you know, recalibrating and taking stock of your day. Well, first of all, it reminds you of your goals, and so it just helps you to stay on track. But also, it gives you a moment to start over if needed, remembering what's important. Or if your day has gone awry, then you can come up with a new plan. Maybe the new plan is to throw everything out the window. You know, we all have those days. There are days when even accomplishing one goal is out of reach and survival is all you can hope for. In those days especially, taking a moment to gather yourself and letting go of the old plan and embracing a new one can be extremely helpful. As a mom of several children, I also find it extremely helpful to take stock of my days in this way because otherwise it's easy for my kids to get a little lost in the busyness of life. So when I pause and I take stock of what's going on around me, you know, what has already been accomplished, what's yet to be accomplished, what my mood is, and if I need to adjust it, if I'm needing a moment to pull on grace from the Lord, if I'm needing even to apologize um, because I haven't been, you know, I've been impatient or I've been focused on the wrong thing or whatever it is, it's a great moment to recalibrate. And it also helps me to think through my kids and where they're at. And to notice if there's some that maybe I haven't been connecting with that day or that I need to just check in and see where they're at. The rule of three, this one, is morning, noon, and night. You know, life is busy, so it's helpful to take those small moments to pause and take stock of your day. And the last rule of three is adjust to the seasons. Now, why is this a rule of three? What does it have to do with? Well, seasons are usually around three months long. The transition of physical seasons... That timing is an extremely helpful time to stop and re-envision your life, you know, as you're going from winter to spring to summer to fall. Like, it's easy in those natural transitions to go, okay, I'm going to recalibrate, I'm going to set some new vision for my life, I'm going to look at my schedule, you know, we're going to maybe set some goals as a family, whatever it might be. Um, Those physical seasons are a great marker and a great opportunity for that. But it isn't just physical seasons. You know, life goes through seasons of various lengths. I know they're not all three months long. Um, Those of us from Minnesota know that winter normally (laughs) doesn't feel like it's just three months long either. But there are lots of seasons. You know, as your children grow, your household's going to go through a number of changes or seasons. As you grow and your spouse grows, that happens. As circumstances in your life change. There are different seasons, and it's a mistake to use your time in the same way in a different season. Different seasons call for different priorities, different goals, different schedules, different expectations. So being proactive to change will save a lot of heartache and can be very helpful in life. All right, so those are the three rules of three. Some other time management tips, practically speaking. Multitask smartly or not at all. Now, I know that there is a myth out there that women are good at multitasking. I think that's because usually women tend to be better at it than men. However, (laughs) I do believe that it's a myth. I've read some articles that seem to say that science backs me up, but if you disagree, that's fine. (laughs) You're entitled to your own opinion. But I do want to tell you that multitasking almost always costs something. It either robs you of quality, it robs you of connection, or the ability to be fully present in the moment. 
Have you ever watched an old television show like I Love Lucy, which I love, I love, I love Lucy. <laughs> Our family enjoys that show. But the point <laughs> is that in a lot of the old shows, for example, when someone was cooking dinner, they were cooking dinner. You know, they weren't cooking and checking their email. They weren't texting someone. They weren't scrolling through social media at the same time. They weren't trying to accomplish five different things all at once. Now, I know that we can't help but do this sometimes, but we're deceived if we don't realize that it's actually costing us something. So the less you do at one time, the better it's going to be and the more you're actually going to enjoy your days. And you might be amazed that you may end up getting more done when you're focused on something singularly rather than trying to be juggling a lot of balls in the air all the time. So if you're going to multitask, do it smartly. For example, we do have tools that help with this. If you are a working mom or a, just a busy woman <laughs> or man, of course, too, invest in a slow cooker or an Instant Pot or some of those tools that actually enable you to be proactive. So in the beginning of the day, you can dump something in and have it going. And then when you get to dinner time, your dinner is magically prepared. It's amazing. You know, same with other tools like laundry, things like that. There are some ways that technology makes our days better. And if you have the ability to invest in those things, I highly encourage you to do that. But there are other ways too. For example, as you're making dinner, instead of being on your email, engage your kids in that process. Have them in the kitchen with you or have a iPad with somebody on FaceTime and be connecting with them. You know, there are some ways where you can be engaging with people and you can be using your time for more than one thing, but you're cooking something and you're able to be pretty focused on that, but also be engaging with people at the same time. So just make sure that you're multitasking smartly or else try not to multitask at all. Next, let your days be dictated by what is important, not by what is urgent. Now, if you don't remember anything else, from this podcast, remember this. Let your time be dictated by what is important, not urgent. Remember I mentioned before that I had included a morning walk on my three hard goals today. That's because that was actually the most important thing that I did or will do during this day or at least one of the very most important things, which side note, I don't usually include my quiet time and my three goals I'll try to remember to talk more about how I do those in another podcast, but I won't be talking about those today. It's so easy for our time to be dictated by the urgent that we completely miss doing the things that are really important. And it feels good to check urgent tasks off of the list. So you might have to train yourself to feel good about accomplishing the important ones. It's unfortunate, but it just seems to be with our culture and just our mindset, especially if you're somebody who wants to get things done, that some of the most important things in your life aren't going to make you feel like you've accomplished something important with your day. But the reality is, <laughs> is that the most important things with your day will be the things that down the road you're going to regret if you didn't do. I will regret if I lose sight of the importance of this time with my kids. I will regret if I don't take the time to develop and maintain actual relational connection, heart connection with them. That is 
bar none, my connection with my family, my connection with the Lord and my connection with my family, there is nothing more important than that. So when I have a day where I have a lot to do or I know I'm going to be gone for a portion of the day, making sure that I have that connection time becomes one of my most important goals for the day. There are things in our life that can't be undone or redone. There are moments that we just can't go back. Now, no one is perfect, and thankfully there is grace for our lack, but it's so much better to let our days be dictated by the things and people that we truly value, the things that are actually important, because you don't get a do-over in life. When you get to the end of it, you're not going to regret not having done more of the tasks that sometimes feel important, the urgent tasks, but you might regret it if you have skipped over the important things because of the urgent. So let your time be dictated by what is important, not what is urgent. A few other quick tips and we're almost done. Simplify. Simplify your stuff and your schedule. <laughs> Own your things. Don't be owned by them. Same with your days. Own them. Don't be owned by them. This often requires letting go of stuff. Good stuff. Great stuff even. You know, our family does not do sports. You know, we have fun. We play outside. And, and maybe there will be a season where that will change. But we have made the decision not to do sports. Not because they aren't good or even great. Like in terms of having our kids be enrolled in sports. But because we have a large family. And we saw that if we enrolled our kids in different sports, then we would be sacrificing our family time for that because it would be impossible to maintain if we had eight kids <laughs> all going in eight different directions. So sometimes something that you value or that is important to you is going to require you simplifying other things in order to maintain it. Not saying you shouldn't do sports, by the way. I was just giving you an example. In terms of physical stuff, simplifying can really help. But even if you don't want to get rid of things, you can box them up and put them away for a while. What's going to happen in that moment is that after time has passed, you're going to discover that you didn't miss them and you don't need them and you're able to get rid of it. Or you'll discover that you do need it and then maybe there's other stuff you don't need. Or like in our family, sometimes we'll rotate toys because there's a lot of our kids and we don't have as much space as maybe if we had less kids. So I don't want my kids to have to give away all their treasures just because of lack of space, but I also don't want to be fighting with that. So we can rotate things and it keeps things fun for them too. You want to manage your stuff. You want to manage your schedule. You don't want to be managed by it. Also, simplifying even applies to social media. You know, often we join because we're trying to just be connected to people, but then over time it can become about, you know, getting likes or being a part of the drama and watching as it unfolds or political things or whatever. And if that's what you want, go for it. But if you joined just because you wanted to be connected, then maybe it's time to simplify your friend list or to block different people, or maybe not block, but unfollow or do whatever you can so that it's not owning you, but that it's actually a tool that's enhancing your life. All right, so simplify. Last tip is don't compete with others. Do what's right for you and your family. Now, how does this relate to time management? Well, because sometimes we use our time on things that aren't actually important because we're picking up values from other people. And so we're running our family life the way other people 
would, or we're running our personal life the way someone else does, and we don't even realize that we're doing that. Like, we're beginning to feel the pressure off of someone else's expectation for life instead of our own dreams and goals and the things that we value. So it's your life. Use your time. Live your life the way that you have determined is best for you. Now, include the Lord in that process, but you don't have to include the voice of our culture, the voice of your neighbors or your coworkers or anything like that. Don't be competing with anybody. Just be using your time to do what is right for you, for your family. That way you spend your time is between you and the Lord and nobody else. All right, that is all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. I hope that you found something of this helpful. On the next podcast, I'm going to be talking about expectations and the impact that they have on our confidence, our happiness, and our joy. And in the meantime, I'd love for you to visit my website or find me on social media. My websites are nicolevangelder.com or joyfilledhome.org. See you next time.